listening to Avocado Toast, which is a member of the Ace Podcast Network. All right, well, uh, what episode is this? This is episode 13. Uh, Welcome to Avocado Toast, episode 13. Um, This is the first time that Jesse and I are away from each other while recording and yeah, we don't know <laughs> yeah this is very experimental stuff that we're delving into so um we are we're gonna see how the editing goes best of luck to jesse because she's the one that does literally everything for this podcast <laughs> and i love her um and it's gonna be hopefully not too difficult um so do you want to I mean, obviously, we always do the news segment first, but I really wanted to point out that um, a couple hours ago, Jesse <laughs> texted me. Yep, Jesse texted me, and she was like, um, "Let me pull up the actual text message, just because the way that you worded it, um, and also then I can get the the timestamps." Okay, because I didn't understand what you were referencing, and I was like, "I'm just here at the mall, and it's whatever." Oh my god. I was so excited, Jesse. This is just as good as when uh, Scaramucci uh, got fired. Oh, well, because so, I had already Je- kind of heard. So I, like, wasn't sure what you were trying to say. Oh, how? okay. I, I hadn't heard. Okay. I had just heard. Um, so Jesse sent me at, like, 2.31 this afternoon. She was like, our new segment sucks ass this week, but LOL. <laughs> and then two an hour and a half later... Um, I sent Jesse. I was like, Brandon is a Mick fucking fired. <laughs> um, and then I was like, Jesse, you did this with your text about your about our new sucking ass. And then she wouldn't respond to me. And so I was like, Bimch, where are you? We popping bottles tonight. And then she told me she was at the mall. And then yeah, I was already popping those bottles. <laughs> she was already popping those bottles. So I mean, has any other stuff like happened? Because this happened today. Um, yeah, yeah. I have. Okay, we need this week's news. So, okay, Um, I have it pulled up. Uh, So the first thing is that um, the Illinois Senate passed a measure calling for neo-Nazis to be classified as terror groups. um, Sweet. Which is nice. Uh, This is according to the Chicago Tribune. um, And this is in light of what happened in uh, Charlottesville, which we already luckily (laughs) covered. So, Mm -hmm. um, and then... What the fuck? Oh, the North Carolina House of Representatives approved legislation yeah. uh, to y- help protect drivers who hit protesters, which is fuck. Which is just absolutely sickening. Yep. Um, and then <laughs> the last bit of news, because it's all so short, um, is that the Kentucky mayor announced the removal of this ad, please and thank you. Um, what the fuck? I need this ad to go away. Uh, I'm just trying to get the news. Well, he called for the removal of, like, Confederate racist yes. statues. Yes, Kentucky mayor point. announces removal of Confederate statues in wake of Charlottesville. Um, um, another bit of news. Yes. Oh, I was just going to mention that Baltimore removed all of its Confederate statues in the middle of the night. That's exactly what I was going to say. Thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is very important and a huge step for Baltimore. Um, I was very surprised that Baltimore did that because Baltimore doesn't exactly have the best racial uh, 
uh, track record, we'll say. Well, Baltimore is um, a, like, to word it the way that, you know, I have heard it, Baltimore is a black city. Um, yeah, pretty much. It's got a huge, huge African-American population. And their, um, their mayor, governor, whoever is in charge is also black. Hmm. Okay. So. Um, so, yeah. And then I guess, I mean, there's really nothing more to say about it other than thank god oh wait i mean we could discuss the fact that you have so many people um that are saying like uh like oh removing those statues like you're trying to erase history blah 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 um oh my god wait i said people are stupid yeah they're really dumb like they no i didn't send you something i sent this to um my team's group chat that's Um, because you hate me (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. I um, I was on Facebook and um, one of the people that I'm friends with on there, which I mean, I'm not I'm not close to this person at all. And so like that's why I didn't actually take any action because I didn't want to start a fight on their post with yeah. like, someone that I don't even know because like they didn't they didn't ask for that. Um, yeah. But so this person had posted about, I think. I forgot what exactly they posted about, actually. It was either uh, condemning uh, ne- the neo-Nazis or... Supporting Maybe them? it was something... No, 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 no. Oh, okay. um, It was definitely against them. Um, oh, 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 oh. I think it was about... It was calling on Trump to, like, fully condemn the neo-Nazis. Oh, yeah. Because he didn't. Yeah. And so, um, someone... Some idiot woman... Um, like her comment in response to that was basically saying something along the lines of like, oh, like we didn't say anything when Obama, um, was like not condemning Black Lives Matter when they were killing our cops in Baltimore. Um, And I was like, bitch, what? What the? What are you talking about? Uh Um, (laughs) yeah. And like, she brought up other stuff too about like, um, I don't even know. She she tried to classify uh, Black Lives Matter as oh first of all she classified Black Lives Matter as a terror group okay, and no. lumped it in ex- and here's the thing lumped it in explicitly with the KKK. What and the I was fuck? like, are you aware that those two groups are diametrically opposed? Yeah, in like every way. Anti KKK. Um, and so it was just wild seeing this woman's argument because I was like, people can't actually. Like, they can't actually be that dumb? But they are. Yeah. And, like, you know, there's a... I I try to give some people the benefit, of it, bleh, the benefit of the doubt of, like, okay, maybe they're just not that informed on certain topics. But, like, this is very, very well known um, mm-hmm. that the two are kind of standing for exact opposite things. But I was just... I was blown away. I didn't know what to do because I was filled with, like, a lot of rage, obviously, because I was, like that's just the dumbest thing i've ever seen written out in my life every single word in that entire comment is just factually incorrect Incorrect, yeah um but then i was like oh god i don't know this person who actually posted (laughs) the original thing and i don't want to like give her trouble yeah Um, yeah which made me feel like a neoliberal but (laughs) what can you because like at that point when you're that incorrect about something you're honestly past the point of trying to listen to reason or fact because i was gonna 
I was already like, you know how you'll like see a comment that just really enrages you because it's so illogical and you'll already start building your case in your head before like actually typing anything out. Yeah, I was like already doing that. Yeah, I was already doing that with her. And I was like, gonna bring up I was I was gonna ask her like, if I present you with literal straight up facts. Oh, oh my god, that was the other thing too. She literally (laughs) accused Obama of rewriting history. And she said, the Civil War wasn't about slavery. Are you McFricking kidding me? Yeah, and that's that is why I was like, uh, no, it's a lost cause. At that point, there is literally no saving you because you cannot. Because she was also like, I think her profile picture made her look like sixty plus years old. Oh, um, and so like you're already at an age where you are far less inclined to be open minded to like facts and logic. Yeah, if you were. If you were, if you had grown up like with this kind of really close-minded, straight-up racist, incorrect facts like shoved at you, it was just a lot. Um, I didn't. <laughs> I just didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Also, I realized we didn't. Uh, we didn't say our names. It's episode thirteen. If you've been following our journey, you know who we are. <laughs> I would hope so. Um, so. Um. In other news, I moved to Pittsburgh and Nicole dyed her hair red. Which means yeah, I she's, did. She's a McFreaking liar and a con. I'm just kidding. Why am I a liar? I, I don't know. I am just. I oh, didn't fake expect hair. it to happen. And then all Nobody of a sudden, did. you were orange. It was. <laughs> yes. It was a very uh, spur of the moment kind of. Well, no, I'd wanted to dye my hair because I was like, the blonde is uh, very boring. I've never dyed my full head before. Oh. Um, and, like, it's at a length that I hate. And it just is... It's just so boring. There's Why nothing interesting about my hair. Because it's not long enough to really do anything with. But I also definitely don't want to cut it shorter again. Because I want to be able to put it into a ponytail without a whole bunch of flyaways. Mm. Um, and so I was like, well, what's a good alternative? I guess dyeing my whole <laughs> head orange red. <laughs> Yeah, that works because like, yeah, my brother had dyed it this color um, and it made his eyes pop because we're both blonde hair, blue eyed peeps. Yeah, no, um, that's true. Your eyes do pop. Thank you. That was the goal. And so then I texted him like earlier in the week. I was like, hey, if I wanted to dye my hair your color, like what colors did you use? And he was like, I have all the stuff and I will bring it over. He told me Saturday night, actually. And so it's like, cool, we'll do it Saturday then. And then he decided to come over. What's today? Friday. He came over Thursday night. And I was like, did you bring this stuff? And he was like, of course I did. (laughs) And so we just did it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, So. Yeah. And Jessie moved to Pittsburgh with her beautiful bull boy. Yeah. My apartment is brand new. Um, It's beautiful. Never been lived in before. Yeah. So eventually somewhere I'll post what it looks like. But right now it's still a construction zone. And I don't even have a chest of drawers yet because I suck so that was a whole debacle in and of itself yeah so um anyways we decided that this week we're gonna focus on ethical consumerism um Bruh, to sort of give we still us still having a dude we still haven't talked about bannon oh jesus christ okay time to talk about bannon and kind of the biggest news of the week um so today uh it was revealed that Steve Bannon has been fired from his uh, position as what advisor? I think it was like to Trump. Yeah, like head advisor or something. 
Yeah. And so, like, for people who may not be as familiar with, like, why this is such a huge thing. Because, I mean, the whole cabinet has been pretty shuffled lately. Um, and I'm going to remind you again, with every shuffle comes something awful lurking in the background, yep. which I'll touch upon. Uh, or not necessarily awful all the time, actually. Sometimes it's... It's Im- just, just him being an idiot. Well, just him being an idiot. But I was going to say, sometimes it's just important news. Um, and so, like, Steve Bannon is a known white supremacist. He used to write for a uh, white supremacist, I guess, news, like, online news spot called Breitbart or something. Okay. Um, we're not going to, we're not going to, it doesn't even matter that much. And we're obviously <laughs> not going to link any of this stuff because why do that? Um, but, like, he's a known white supremacist. He has, like, specifically stated really gross um, comments that, I mean, I'm, we don't even need to, like, repeat any of them. Just no. know that. If you, if you Googled it, you would probably find it. But um, yeah. his, his, not only his uh, nomination, but his swearing in, much like with pretty much everybody in this cabinet so far, um, has been, it was very... Uh, controversial because yeah. he's you know a white supremacist yeah. um, but he has finally been um, fired except when I was reading about it um, so first I a lot of uh, newspapers and headlines are saying like oh the reason why he got fired is because of the um, like like response to Charlottesville or something like that um, but I've also seen other things saying like, oh, this was a long time coming in the sense that um, he apparently had already like crafted his resignation letter like a few days or a week ago or something like that. Probably. Um, but well, actually, I think the most plausible reason that I've seen is that apparently right before he was fired, he um, called up this liberal news reporter and just spilled a whole bunch of tea just a whole Great. bunch and he was calling yeah he was i will um jesse i'll send you the link and then you can link it in the thing oh yeah uh but he like first of all i want to point out that once again uh no one in this freaking administration understands that or like they don't know how to make things off the record yep because when um bannon called this reporter and he just started Oh, God, I have, like, the, um, there's, uh, this other news station did, like, an interview with this reporter, um, and the reporter who got contacted by Bannon kept saying how, like, um, uh, like, Bannon said that he had read a column that the reporter had written that day, uh, written the day before, um, that was basically making the point that, like, we've been so passive in taking on illegal Chinese trade practices that Beijing now has a huge amount of leverage over us, where we want them to help us with North Korea, but the price for that is we have to fold our hand in terms of taking a hard line with them on trade, all this whatever stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's important, but, like, um, the funniest part is that this reporter says, so Bannon apparently read that and felt he had a soulmate and didn't take the precaution of making clear whether we were on background or on the record and called me up and sounded as if we were soulmates and best friends, which I just what? think is so funny because these reporters keep on um, calling up 
other news reporters, or no, no, not the reporters, the people in this administration keep calling up news reporters out of the blue and then, like, just spewing so much to these reporters and not saying that it's off the record. Yep, it's because um, they're <coughs> unintelligent. Yeah, but apparently Bannon was calling, like, the other, like, right-wing people in his, under his, like, supervision or whatever, like, losers and... Um, just a whole bunch of, like, name-calling. Exactly what Scaramucci did, honestly, with the whole, like... Of course. Yeah. Um, um, and so I people are saying, like, he was probably let this? go. Oh. Oh. I was saying he probably was let go because, you know, he kind of spilled a whole bunch of stuff about yeah. that. Yeah, no, that's probably why he got fired. But I've also been seeing stuff, like, everywhere saying that... Well, this was before Bannon got fired that a lot of people knew that Bannon was next on the chopping block, but that they thought that he was going to get fired because Trump refused to apologize for what he said about Charlottesville and that um, he, he was sort of being advised that people would be appeased if he at least fired Bannon. Mm, okay, I understand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think I mean, Trump either way he's gone. <laughs> yeah. Either way he's gone and I'm happy. Um, and so I was actually, I, I tried to do a bit more research into like what possible big thing has also just happened that we don't know about. Yeah. Um, because like we've mentioned with every big political thing that's happening, something's happening behind the scenes, except of course I couldn't exactly find anything because everyone is talking about Bannon. Yeah. Um, I did, however... Um, see a couple articles talking about uh, um, the a Democrat in um, Tennessee. His name is Cohen. Mm-hmm. Um, he is going to introduce articles of impe- of impeachment against uh, the president. Um, yeah, did you president. send this to me against Trump? Uh, yeah, I did. Okay. No, I don't know if I sent it to you, but I definitely sent you a message about it. Um, and so, like, this isn't. The first time. So, like, this is, by the way, Congressman Steve Cohen, who's from Tennessee. He's a ranking member of the House Judiciary Subcommittee on the Constitution and Civil Justice. Um, So, like, he's got a lot of really powerful, uh, I guess, leaning. I don't know the word. He's just he's a he's a powerful member in Congress, um, especially when it comes to, like, trying to impeach a president. And so actually. This isn't the first time that someone has tried to introduce articles of impeachment against Trump. Um, a different senator, not senator, a different congressman, Democratic congressman, back in February, I think, um, tried to also introduce articles, but um, House, I think House leader Nancy Pelosi. Yes. Um, yeah, she told him, or I don't know if she told him specifically, but like he couldn't get enough support only because... He was reacting, he was trying to uh, enact articles of impeachment um, in response to, like, him, um, like, obstruction of justice with the whole Russia thing. Yeah. Yeah, and, but Nancy Pelosi, when he tried to in- introduce the articles, she was like, but it was a bunch of bullshit, honestly. It was basically like, oh, like, like, basically saying your case is not strong enough, um, and she was saying, like, oh, we can't just um, try to think about, like, what you're 
you know, asking for. We can't just try to impeach him just because you don't like him. Um, like, we need to, like, build a strong case against him, which, like, I'm pretty sure obstructing justice when it comes to, uh, you know, investigating the Russia things is a pretty strong case. But whatever, Nancy. <laughs> um, yeah. But now um, support for... Um, support for impeaching Trump has risen. Yeah. Um, with way much since February. So now almost 75% of Democrats and 7% of Republicans, they back impeaching Trump and removing him from office. Um, can Republicans, a big can Republicans yeah. get a fucking backbone, please? Like, please. They're the worst. Um, so yeah, that's all I know on that kind of stuff. Hopefully we don't find out something horrendous has also happened in the wake of this. I'm sure there has. Shocking. People have been focusing way, not way too much, but a lot, like a lot, a lot on Charlottesville and Bannon. So I'm mm-hmm. sure something else has happened because that's just the way the wind blows in this administration. God, I really want to see. I Did you ever link that um that Twitter uh, post where it was like all the members in Trump's cabinet, but mm-hmm. they someone was checking off the names of the people who had been uh, fired. Yep. God, I want to see it now. So much has happened. Um, but yeah. So now I guess we can move on to the main topic. Yeah. So this week we decided we were going to talk about ethical consumerism. Um, so where do we start? I guess I'll define ethical consumerism. So what it is mm-hmm. is this idea that if you make purchase ethically, such as buying cruelty-free things, um, buying vegan things, uh, whatever, whatever, that it is ethical, um, and then therefore you are telling the company that you're purchasing from that you want them to continue to make products like this and other companies that are not getting your money are not going to be getting that feedback and so they're going to realize that they don't have the market um and there's lately been a lot of talk and consensus that this doesn't necessarily exist or have any impact whatsoever Mm -hmm. yeah so like i used to i mean not in every aspect of my life but like i personally tried to like engage in this in the past before knowing how like bunk this idea is only because um placing the onus of like ethical responsibility on the consumer is i mean just a whack idea you should hold companies accountable um in like a very tangible way not just saying like oh Mm -hmm. you're not going to get my money because there's nowhere near enough people who are going to actually uh stop their business with that company to like make a real impact like one person deciding not to shop at urban outfitters um because they've been known to donate to like republican campaigns and platforms isn't going to show urban outfitters like hey you're doing something bad that people disagree with it's going to be like well we charge you know four hundred dollars for a ripped up (laughs) tank top and some poor schmuck is going to buy that and so we're still making a profit um yep yep and so like the because this this extends into more than just uh 
consumerism too. The whole idea of like placing the burden of responsibility when it comes to ethical practices um, onto like individual con- consumers is a way of like subjugating the people and uh, kind of displacing responsibility from like the companies where it actually needs to be placed. So like another yeah. Yeah, another example is about like water conservation and stuff like that. I mean, how many times in the past have you heard, like, oh, if you have, like, a leaky sink, um, you're destroying the environment because that water is getting wasted and, you know, X, Y, Z, when in reality, like, how about we start um, looking at companies like Nestle, which are literally just sucking up all the water that is, you know, actually drinkable, and it's it's the, the fault of the big companies, and... Unless you, unless we manage to uh, start some big movement that gains a lot of traction and has a very huge base um, to create like actual impacts on these companies, it's just not going to work. Like, mm-hmm. it's there's so many people. I mean, around the world that shop. Uh, that was a really dumb statement. Hold on. but it's still true like not everyone knows all this stuff about like products and also you know the individual purchase of one person who you know thinks they're a martyr for buying i don't know god i guess uh, pacifica which is this cosmetics brand over buying something from like clinique doesn't necessarily make any difference Mm -hmm. you know like First of all, the companies are competing against each other, so choosing one company over another doesn't make a difference. And there's also people who don't know which companies to buy from because they're, quote-unquote, more ethical. Um, and also, like, these companies have stock. And that's really where their money, like, is. Mm-hmm. And so if they're still continuing to gain profits from their stock, it doesn't necessarily matter if you're one individual um decision to not purchase something that's technically unethical doesn't make a difference yeah and um and like it's certainly fine if you like make the personal choice because you don't personally feel comfortable buying from a company that might i don't know test on animals or you know uses sweatshops to make their clothes and stuff that's we're not we're not saying like oh you're dumb for doing that that's not at all what we were saying because i think that's very like that's a good thing for people to like be more conscious about when they are buying but when it comes to like specifically not shopping at a place because you think that your one individual patronship is gonna cause any kind of dent in like the bigger company because we've been fed this kind of narrative where it's like oh if you don't think that i don't know we'll just use urban outfitters again If you don't think that Urban Outfitters is, like, a good, wholesome company and, like, you disagree with, you know, what it does, then, like, you have the power to, like, not shop there. Which, like, yes, I do. But me also, also me not shopping there is not going to do them. They don't even know who I am. Um, Yeah. And, I mean, we can also... There's also other... There are certain, like, quote-unquote ethical consumerist, like, practices that are publicized as being very ethical but like are in actuality very very harmful like do you want to talk about like veganism and the whole quinoa 
mm-hmm. thing because I know that yeah. you probably have more yeah knowledge on it yeah I have a lot to say you can see I'm already smiling mm-hmm. <laughs> um okay so first of all veganism doesn't it doesn't have an impact there's I you know Nicole and I never plan ahead so <laughs> had I known that we were gonna do this episode I probably would have gathered some sources but I didn't um, we can always link so, them later though oh I'm too lazy mm-hmm. Sorry, listeners. I just, I'm tired. It's hot in Pittsburgh and I have other things I have to do. Um, I'll see if I can so find links and, and link them. Okay, that would be awesome. So, veganism is sort of peddled as like, oh, it's the most ethical way to eat. It is <laughs> the best way for you to eat. You really, you need to do that because, you know, killing all these animals is so harmful and it's so bad and whatever. And like, yeah, um, it takes a little bit more resources to raise, you know, cows and chicken because of the water use and, you know, the fact that you have to grow plants to feed these animals. But it technically doesn't make that much of a difference if you make the decision to not eat them. Um, and this is sort of what I've been saying for a, quite a while is that your individual decision to not eat this meat doesn't change the fact that the animal is already dead by the time you have the decision to make. So, um, like, there's, you know, tons and tons of slaughterhouses, like, all over the country and all over the world. So whether or not you decide that, like, you want to eat this animal, the animal's already dead. So it's either going to go to waste or you're going to eat it. Like, and that's that's totally fine if you don't want to eat this animal, but it doesn't actually make an impact Um, and another thing in that point is that if, you know, these animals are going to be killed anyway, then why are we sort of all up in arms about using the rest of the animal products that aren't being used for food? You know, like if we're going to have the animal die for food, we should also use the hide for leather, you know, because if we are wasting this part of the animal while using part another part of it, it's probably more damaging to the environment and, you know, to, you know, I guess that is the environment, um, than it is to sort of have someone else eat the animal and have you be like, leather is bad. Not like that is like a logical chain of events that actually happens. I'm just sort of giving an extrapolated example, I guess. Um, Technically, being an omnivore um, or eating slightly more vegetarian is more ethical, I guess. Um, There's been some studies about testing veganism versus like vegetarianism versus omnivorism. um, And eating sort of a mixed plant meat diet is like technically the most ethical, most environmentally conscious way mm-hmm. to eat. Um, and I was going to bring up, like, the whole quinoa craze. So, yeah. Yes. With with quinoa, that has become such a highly publicized superfood, just like kale was. Um, and people are talking about, like, oh, like, it's all so ethical. Like, it's so healthy for you. Um, you know, you're not eating meat, so it must be good for the environment, that kind of stuff. But, and I don't, I'll definitely have to find, like, the article that I read on this. But, like, the, the, there's so much exporting of quinoa from its native, uh, place, which I don't remember what it is. Um, 
yeah i think it is in south america as well um there's so much exporting of the quinoa plant that like it's starving the people in uh wherever south whatever south american country this is in um and it's like wreaking havoc on the farmers that actually live there and rely on the plant um not to mention like when it comes to farmers actually getting paid for the crop um when you adjust for like exchange rates and inflation and all that good stuff um the farmers are getting paid i mean far less than even our awful minimum wage i think it's something ridiculous around like one dollar or something that might be a total exaggeration but like i just know that whatever their wages wind up kind of equating to is not a livable wage in by any degree um so like this whole yeah. idea of quinoa being some staple of veganism i don't know if that's entirely true but i have seen a lot of people who are vegan kind of praise it as being the ultimate uh food or whatever it's not yeah i think it's from a lot of health nuts and it tends to be from yeah. vegan so like that is that. an example of one practice where uh it's kind of doing the exact opposite of what you guys actually want to happen. Um, it's very unethical in its not yeah in its practices, I guess. Just because we export, we force them really to export so much. And also, not to be anti-vegan again, but also um, there's sort of this uh, vegan vegetarian rhetoric that like there's a holocaust Can going on against animals, and we. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying to them, to like, can we please it. not compare that kind of stuff to the Holocaust? Jeez. Yeah. Um, but, like, similarly to the quinoa thing, like, we need to care about actual human lives first before we mm-hmm. care about the animal lives. Like, not like we have to do it in a specific order, but there should be more focus on the ethics of producing foods like quinoa and on, you know, the fact that there's, like, child labor going into building, mm-hmm. making so much of our clothes and other materials. Like, we need to be caring about those things before we care about um, mm-hmm. the slaughter of animals for food. Um, and, like, you know? people who listen to this might bring up a point about, like, well, why why are we placing human lives above animal lives? Um I mean, I have my own arguments, like, about that. I don't know if you wanted to address any of that, though. Because, like, like, it's a debate that I've definitely seen go on very often. Um, And so I feel like it's prudent of us to bring up both sides of the debate and kind of give our own rebuttal. I mean, firstly being this is human lives that we're talking about. I understand that people have a very big soft spot for animals. I myself love animals with my whole entire being. However, Mm -hmm. I can't communicate with animals um, you can't really uh, build a bond with animals as much as you can build a bond with other people because of the whole, you know, language thing. Um, also, and like depending on yeah. the animal, um, humans are just like m- far more self-aware of what's going on. So like, I don't think cows necessarily understand that they're going to die someday. Um, elephants might and octopus probably do those freaky yeah. sea aliens um but like the 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 animals that wind <laughs> up getting uh mass like their meat winds up getting mass produced and sold are often the ones that 
are the least self-aware that that kind of thing is going to happen to them. Whereas if you were to kind of slaughter humans in the same way, yes. um, they probably have an inkling of what's going to happen. <laughs> they might be able to pick up on it if there was a mass extinction going on, just historically yeah. <laughs> speaking. So, like, that's kind of one... <laughs> Yeah. One reason why we should probably care a little bit more about people lives before animal lives. Yeah. I mean, humans are also capable of different levels of thought than other animals are and can communicate different ideas. And the fact that we can have this conversation, um, but animals can't, should sort of, you know, give you an inkling of why we feel that human lives are mm -hmm. somewhat more important than animal um, lives. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I guess sort of another thing uh, in terms of like ethical consumerism is we could talk about how there's, there's been this, you know, kind of terrible like craze of um, consumerizing feminism. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there's a lot of products right now that you can buy that say, Fem, feminist, uh, feminist, 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 you know, just on like everything. Um, you can find it at Urban Outfitters. You can 100% find it at Forever 21. Mm -hmm. It's a garbage store. Yeah. Um, and the problem, but, too, is that like you'll find a really cute jacket that might say feminist on it. And then on the back, it says something about, I don't know, fucking Beauty and the Beast or something. Just ruins it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's not the point yeah but on top of that like you know forever 21 like their clothes are made in sweatshops absolutely so like these women who cannot get the proper hourly wage that they deserve are being exploited in lesser developed nations for the fact that you know like forever 21 can get cheap labor out of them and they're you know producing these feminist shirts but it's inherently anti-feminist mm -hmm. to be uh, commercializing feminism yeah no it's a really sick irony because um i mean it's i i understand maybe wanting to like as a consumer wanting to uh have like clothing that blatantly shows like i'm a feminist this is what i stand for but when you're buying from a company this is one of the cases where i do think that like for certain in certain situations your own personal ethical consumerism can um, not necessarily, I don't know if it necessarily makes a difference on an individual level, but at the very least it can send a message to other, for this specific case, like other feminists that might discourage them from shopping from these places as well. And then yeah. that's where a movement can really be born. Um, but like, like Jesse said, when you're, um, when you're, when you're trying to market in a, or uh, a movement or whatever, you should probably think about, like, actually upholding the staples of that movement. Um, I just I just can't wrap my head around. Um, I just can't wrap my head around that kind of like. I don't even know what to call it. Irony? Co not coincidence, but, like, it's an oxymoron. Yeah, I guess it's just, like... It's a paradox. Yeah, ignorant irony. Because, yeah. um, like, because the whole thing is about, like, you're, you're turning the feminist movement into, like, a, a capitalist gain, which is really 
not what it's about. It's kind of, in fact, very... Do you want to explain why it's um, yeah, anti-feminist? Sure. So, like, feminism is all about... I mean, if you want to go by textbook definitions, it's about, like, equality. But when you put it into, like, practice and you adapt it to a more modern understanding of it, it kind of um, fractures into, like, so many other things. Um, and so, like, one of the other kind of pinnacles of feminism is about, like, not exploiting others and capitalism is built like it's very foundation relies on the exploitation of others. So when you have companies like forever 21 forever 21 that, uh, that are marketing these, um, you know, articles of clothing or other accessories that, you know, state like, Oh, I'm a feminist or whatever. Yet they still rely on sweatshops to make their, uh, products. That's, it's just not right. It's 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 inherently oxymoronic or paradoxical. I don't know the exact word, but like, um, yeah, the I don't know. I'm for some reason getting like distracted by my own thoughts, uh, and also it's so McFreaking hot in this room. I turned off the fan because I didn't want the mic to pick it up, and I'm sweltering. But yeah, point of order for this particular part is that um, weird way of because it's not just com- it's not just big companies of uh, like Forever Twenty One that are doing it. It's like I've seen a lot of like quote unquote feminist startup companies that are like mm-hmm. selling this kind of stuff. And then you look at like how these kinds of things are getting produced, like their products. Um, it's just it's whack. That's really all I can say about it. Yeah. Well, so now that we've established that, like, ethical consumerism is a joke, um, and it doesn't really exist, there are things that you can do proactively. Um, So, you know, personal story here. So um, one of my best friends and consistent listener to Avocado Toast, um, she became vegan um and had some complications due to that and that sort of made me very resentful towards veganism um but it also inspired me to sort of deal with the problem between how to make the food production uh sort of like like the the whole sphere of food production um to make that more sustainable and more ethical and the way to do this is through policy and law um because unless they are legally obligated companies and producers and manufacturers don't give a shit they don't care so in order to make things more ethical and more along the lines of what we as consumers want these companies to stand for is to get involved with the government, which, um, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily like that idea, but it is what can affect change. And so that's sort of what got me to sort of lead on the path that I'm going to with uh, environmental policy. And I don't know, I kind of wanted to focus on agriculture, but we'll see. Um, So if you want to get involved in lobbying groups that you trust, that you respect, you can do that. You can call your senator 
you can keep up to date on what bills are being shown to the floor. You can get involved with nonprofits that are working towards pushing legislation. Um, but you'll probably find more like resources for pushing legislation with a lobbying group. Um, I mean, you can, I mean, if you are in the position to get involved in a company by, you know, working from the inside, uh, that would be great, but that's definitely more difficult for most people to accomplish. Um, yeah, another, um, idea that I've seen, and I've actually, I have friends who have put this into practice Mm -hmm. when it comes to ethical consumerism and like kind of taking the responsibility on your own shoulders or whatever is like um if you're concerned about not wanting to shop at a place that you know their clothes are produced in sweatshops or whatever or maybe the profits that they make off of their clothes are you know used towards um platforms and groups that you don't agree with um is and, and this is also not necessarily feasible for everyone as well but like working towards making your own clothes because I have a friend mm-hmm. who uh, got, yeah, she, um, super duper feminist and um, very involved with, like, um, other groups and organizations and really wanted to, like, take this personal journey of, like, trying to reduce as much, I mean, A, waste yeah. in the world as possible, um, but also trying to just personally be more um, ethically conscious about what she's doing. And so she started... Um, uh, trying to like make some of her own clothes and that can just it the a, st- a good starting point i would say for this kind of thing because it can be very daunting obviously like i don't know how to make my own clothes um but um one way to like maybe start out with this kind of thing is is if you really want you know the kind of products that we were talking about earlier where it says like feminist on them or whatever um buy some iron-on patches mm-hmm. buy some iron-on letters and you know get a cloth tote bag that you got from Harris Teeter I don't know and uh iron on those patches and kind of bypass the uh big companies that like you know you morally disagree with um but you still want to kind of yeah you can just start there um with starting to make some of your own products that you uh want to like show off to the world or whatever um yeah yeah. And obviously this is for like if you want this product but you don't want to support the way that this company is making it. Unfortunately, it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have the large scale impact that we would like to have in terms of letting them know that what they're doing is wrong. Mhm. Um and a good a good great actually um YouTuber that not not exactly for well no actually it is for these purposes specifically mm-hmm. there's a youtuber that um her name is annika victoria that's a n n i k a and then victoria mm-hmm. um who she's like an australian and she's a really really good seamstress yeah. um but people she has this she has this uh i don't even know what is it called when you have like a, a common channel like on your well not your channel but like on your own youtube channel you'll have like a playlist of like all the same types of videos whatever she has this thing and it's called like um i think buy thrift make or something oh okay um yeah where people will send in um 
links to like uh, clothing that like they really want, but either the company um, is known to use um, sweatshops or maybe the actual article of clothing is horrendously overpriced. Um, I mean, they'll also send in like weird, funny stuff too, but like some of the stuff that she gets is actually like pretty cute. And like, oh, okay. she teaches you, yeah, she teaches you step by step how to make these articles of clothing mm-hmm. for like way, 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 way less um, than what the actual stores are selling it for. So if you um, really want to like commit yourself to um, not giving your money to these companies, but still want their products. Um, you might be able to check her out, send in some links to like some of the products that you might want and she might pick it. And yeah. I mean, it, it involves having like a sewing machine and other stuff like that. But some of the stuff that she makes well, is actually pretty easy. Also, if you are interested in learning how to do sewing or gardening or something like this to become more self-sufficient, um, there's sometimes classes uh, for free at community centers. So Very true. that would be a good thing to look into. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have anything else? Because I can't think of anything. No, I think that's where I feel like it ends. This was a pretty, like, straightforward episode. Yeah. Um, We're also both uh, dying mean, of heat. I know. I mean, I'm glad we didn't, you know, have to do, like, an hour and 20 minute long episode on anti-Semitism again. Mm-hmm. So... It's a little bit nicer, but it's, you know, still something that's important, but it's way more lighthearted than Nazism. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think that's pretty much been it. Thanks for listening to episode 13 of Avocado Toast. Yeah. Please feel free to follow us on Twitter. Uh, join our Facebook group. Feel free to, free to follow either of us individually. Um, and we will be Don't you dare follow PayPal. me. I like remaining anonymous on the Internet. Thanks. Um, and we're gonna set up a paypal because we fucked up venmo and i do apologize Um, she says we like i had any hand in this it was me and then you said you were (laughs) gonna do the paypal and you didn't did i yeah you were like i'll research stuff and i just assumed you were gonna set up a paypal so i'll I'll do it no i didn't even okay because i did research and i was (laughs) like i mean there's crowd rise there's like um, those other websites that don't take like 10% of your profits. Um, but that was all for like one time deals where like you had to reach a goal. It was weird. Yeah, no. So instead we're going to do PayPal so we can have continuous donations. And as always, we do have our Patreon, which we would love to have some support. We're actually hoping, and I think I mentioned this last time to get a nice old mic not an old mic, but a nice new mic for Nicole because right now she's using her dad's. So yeah, and yeah. I'm going back to school in like I don't. Know, I'm not even gonna say how long because I don't want to think about it. Um, but I will not have access to this beautiful, beautiful mic while I'm up there. I'm gonna munch. I'm gonna crunch. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.